Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. So hello and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR, where we talk to people in the HR profession who are doing things differently, who are at the top of their game. And today I am really excited because we have arguably one of the top HR directors in the UK. You know, there isn't really a blue chip brand that she hasn't worked for. She's done executive board level roles, non-executive roles. So welcome, Tanith Dodge. My goodness. Thank you, Lucy. That was quite an introduction. Um, (laughs) How are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, well, you know, all kind of same old, same old, isn't it? Being uh, being in lockdown. Yeah, exactly. So um, rather than me kind of listing through all the companies you work for, can you just talk to us a little bit about your career? You know, some of the highlights for you, some of the organisations you've worked for. Yes, I feel really fortunate. I've had an incredible career. I've, I've enjoyed so many different experiences. I have self-managed my career, so I've been quite sure what I wanted to do and when I wanted to do it. So 40 years, gosh, feeling old, 40 years in, in business. I think the, the key thing for me is I'm a business leader with a particular interest and enthusiasm for the people agenda. So throughout my career, it's working in businesses and thinking about how does the people agenda apply to that. 40 years, so much, so much change. When I first started, it was your very traditional personnel and welfare, and we called it tea and tissues. And probably the biggest worry you ever had was, did you have a tissue box in your room when somebody walked in and you knew that they were having a tough time? Then an incredible period of real industrial relations, the, the, the sort of 80s of trade union negotiations, And I can remember when I went to the Prudential Financial Services, it was heavily unionized. So senior managers were in trade union, members of trade unions. It just wouldn't happen now, would it? No. It's amazing. It was incredible. One of my first really big roles was um, decentralizing the whole bargaining for middle managers, (laughs) industrial action, et cetera. (laughs) Um, so you, you sort of look through and there are themes, you know, there was, there was a time when everyone talked about human capital management and those expressions yeah. of humans are our greatest asset. And then there was yeah. that big argument that in order for HR to do their jobs, they had to have a seat at the table. Yeah. Then we had the whole experience of running training programs, um, <laughs> the whole area of transforming HR there's been so many models and approaches that have come and gone in the heyday they were the best thing ever like the nine boxes yeah <laughs> that, and that moved to not nine boxes but 
fluid feedback all the time in the moment. Yeah. You know, Eurix, and, and I and, and I think you know his his HR operating model is, is, is incredible, and it it was his his thought leadership that really got us to thinking about HR being a partner to the business and having these centres of excellence. Yeah, been extremely fortunate to have worked in incredible companies um i won't i won't run through them all but oh give us a, give us the edited highlights so i started my career um in british aerospace which was a very male dominant engineering background and they sponsored me to do my business studies degree but in those days companies didn't really think about talent and how you maximize the talent in, in key areas. So my first job after graduating was project manager of the development of the Hawk and the Harrier aircraft, of which <laughs> I knew, zoom. Um, anyway, moved on, uh, then very, very tough. And I think when I look back on my career, I, I worked for what's now Allied Demec, but my first job was Lion's Maid in a factory in Greenford. And that was really hard, tough, union negotiations, production mm. workers, night shifts, all sorts of challenges. And I think in my formative years, that gave me a lot of strength and resilience. Yeah. Um, I worked um, at the Prudential, as we've mentioned, and that was, I've worked for companies that have, that, that take the HR agenda seriously. So my development in Prudential was phenomenal. I was given a lot of responsibility, international travel. I worked all around the world. Um, another amazing brand is Grand Met, which became Diageo. And I was there when we reinvented the whole business. Again, big investment in the people agenda, intercontinental hotels, again, massive, reorganization reimagining a business after september the 11th when the hospitality business was yeah. decimated a wonderful career at marks and spencer phenomenal brand and again whole transformation how do you reimagine the part that hr have to play and then completely different a very creative business the vista village collection and one of the, as I was thinking about this session, one of the things that I think I'm very mindful of is at the beginning, it was more industry. Mm. And actually what we were looking for is how do you take variation out? How do you take disruption out? How do you run processes yeah. as efficiently? And now we're in a much more creative, forward thinking, agile, and it's actually looking at as much variation as you can possibly have and as much disruption as you can possibly have. And therefore all the approaches and plans and strategy have, have sort of turned themselves around the other way. Yeah. Um, I've worked with incredible leaders. I've been so fortunate and I've learned so much. I'd say I've worked with magicians, mavericks marbles um and a lot of ego you know yeah more yeah. senior you are and it's absolutely so a, a fantastic career and i'm now doing um some non-exec roles i'm on the advisory council for pwc which is really 
interesting. Can I pick up on something that you said? Because I thought that was really interesting. You said at the very start that you have self-managed and you have been very clear about the moves you've made because my career was completely the opposite you know I've always just kind of fallen into things or people offered me stuff um, and I was never that mindful about what I did when did you when did you kind of know it was time to do something else what what were the kind of signs for you I thrive on change and what what I really enjoy is going into a business and, un, and, and, and spending time to understand it, really thinking about how does this business operate? How does it thrive? What, what, what does it need? And then putting a, a plan, a strategy in place to underpin that through the people agenda. And many of my opportunities have been organizations that are going through quite significant realignments, you know, new business operating model, acquisitions, mergers. And there almost becomes a time where you feel the part you've played is complete. Mm. And and therefore it's time, or, or you become a bit bored or a bit, you know, this is the second year we're going through this, I've done it, I'm not getting that stretch, that challenge anymore. Yeah. Sometimes it's been a new CEO coming in and you think, actually, this new CEO needs their HR business partner yeah, because that relationship is so important. Or yeah. you think, I'm not sure I can commit to another five years. And I, and I do think it's important that CEOs, business leaders have some continuity with their HR business partner. Mm. So it's been purposeful and... I've always been quite clear on the type of organizations that I will thrive in and what's important to me around culture, values, leadership, the HR brand, and also the employer brand. And I think that's becoming even more relevant, significant, because it's also transparent. And you can find out so much about the organizational health in a business without even having to go and meet anybody whether it's Glassdoor or reviews or Twitter or there's so much written about organizations now which is why I think looking forward that whole having a very strong employer brand what what is it you want people to say about your employer brand Can we just, um, because you've kind of hinted at some of the things that uh, made you successful and increased your value as as an HR director, but it would just be useful if you could summarise that. You know, what was it about your skills, capabilities, your approach, your personality, maybe your style? What was it, you think, that meant that you were successful at the most senior level? Because a lot of our listeners will be aspiring to get to that level. And I think it's you know, it's helpful to understand, you know, what was it? Was it the academic side, you know, your training? Was it um, a kind of softer stuff around, you know, the skills, um, attitudes, or was it a bit of luck? Was it actually your relationships? What? How would you sum up that? You know, what was it that made you so successful? Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> probably all the things that you've said, Lucy. I think foremost and I feel 
very strongly about this. I, I, I do feel that HR sometimes deserves the reputation it gets. Of, does it really add value? Um, mm. Is it is it is it fluff? And, and I know that sounds a bit a bit hard. I think it's it's understanding business. So being a business leader first and then applying a people agenda that supports that. And I think there are a few things. One, you have to know how you can add value to a business, which means you've got to understand the business operating model, what's working, what isn't working, and then translate that into the HR plan. And it still surprises me how some organizations or some HR practitioners don't have a plan. And it's a bit like the Lewis Carroll, isn't it? If you don't know where you're heading, well, yeah. how do you know if you get there? Yeah. So I think that's the first thing of really thinking about the business and for the next couple of years. And I think that that's quite a challenge for HR as a profession because by nature, many of the things that we work on are longer term, whether it's a talent agenda, uh, you know, a transformation, building a culture, there's sort of two, three years to do. And we live in a world where businesses have to reinvent themselves very quickly and be agile. And that's quite a juxtaposition for HR mm. practitioners to manage. But I think where HR is successful is when it can do that and making tough decisions about pet projects and stopping them maybe yeah. before you've got the maximum from them because actually the whole playing field that we're in has massively changed and it doesn't fit anymore. But people sort of carry on thinking, well, yes, I know all that's changed, but we need to keep with this. I think the other thing, and this is really hard because it's very difficult to put a financial monetary value on, on, an, on a, an HR initiative um, or a development is how we demonstrate the value that we add. So how you can show that if you invest this amount of money in this, this is the return it will get and this will flow through to the bottom line. And there's a wealth of amazing research out there, a lot of the work that uh, David McLeod and Nita did on really driving employee engagement and the correlation between high levels of employee engagement and performance. And we did some incredible work at MS showing um, on, a, on a balanced scorecard through uh, employee opinion surveys, focusing very much on levels of employee engagement and how the stores performed. And intuitively, you know that if you walk into a restaurant or a shop, you know if the staff yeah. that are working there are feeling good, they want to go that extra mile, or they're thinking, oh God, not really enjoying this at all. So that correlation is there. And there was quite a breakthrough moment in that work when CEOs, business leaders got it because they could see, and we did lots of research just showing that correlation, whether it was EBITDA, health and safety issues, absence, turnover, that yes, the, the organizational health 
is hugely important to deliver that strategy. I think the other thing is um, whoever you're working with and the business leader, whether it's an ops director or a marketing director or the CEO, that relationship is so important and it has to have trust. You have to be credible. You have to be able to challenge and you have to be able to sit down with that business leader and ask them what what is the biggest challenge you have in the business today and how can HR through the people agenda support that help you with that I couldn't agree more I think that that kind of personal relationship that trust if it's not there every day is a struggle isn't it as an HR director and quite often you know I'll people will um, ask me, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting resistance from my leadership board, my chief exec, and I'm getting, you know, I've got no buy-in. And, and you kind of think, well, you've been there a few years, go somewhere else where they might listen to you. Yeah, because we, it's just agony if yeah. you don't have yeah. that, that, that yeah. close working relationship. Lucy, that's so true. And I think one of the learnings is when I have moved from one organisation to another and to a new boss, is before you decide to make that move, have that really honest, authentic conversation with them on how do they really see the people agenda? What are they looking for? Because if if, if they don't believe in it, it's much better to find that out before you make that decision. And you intuitively, you know, you know which leaders are, are, are really, really believe that if you get the people agenda right and it underpins the business strategy, it would will add value to the bottom line. Definitely. Let, let's just turn now to teams that you've managed and you've obviously managed some very large teams. Uh, for listeners to this podcast who are thinking about where they should be focusing their development, given what we've talked about, about you know, agile, disruptive, what would you be looking for in an HR business partner let's say HR business partner right now what would be the 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 kind of the attributes or the skills that you would particularly value commerciality to to understand the business and in an area what adds value uh is is the first one one of the things that um when I've worked with teams is when we have our weekly HR leadership meetings or whatever each HR person does an input on what's happening in the business, what were the numbers, and in, and in retail, for example, yesterday's numbers are so important, and last month's yeah. numbers and yeah. predictions for, for Christmas performance. So people learn very quickly to sit at this table, you need to understand your business, and you need to understand how we make money, and you need to understand what the customers are saying about us. So I'd say that's the first. And then being able to manage this juxtaposition of what we need to do today, but always being a bit curious about the future so that we can start to plan for the what next. And and it's managing that. And that's so hard, isn't it? I mean, I know, you know, I would kind of, you know, have back to back operational meetings as an HRD. I'd go back to my desk and I'd think, right, now I need to have some big thoughts about the future. And it's, (laughs) oh, actually, 
I'll go home and watch Bake Off instead and I'll try and have some big thoughts tomorrow. It is hard, but I think that's the difference that we see. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm strategic and I'm not going to do the operational stuff. You you and I, you know, even when you're working at the highest level, you still do have to do operational Uh, stuff. Absolutely. But equally, that curiosity and an eye on the future. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And I think that being you're a team, you have to be a team. And that's always been very important to me. And that team has to have integrity and respect. Because I think if an HR practitioner or an HR function is ever seen as a bit indiscreet, pack up and go. Because we, ha- we, are, we, are, we have to be role models of what is appropriate. And you almost have to overplay it. And that trust and integrity has to be so strong. And, it's zero intolerance. You know, if there's any aspect of not demonstrating those behaviours, that, yeah. that's not acceptable. I think being able to demonstrate that we get a return on the value and almost your contributions will improve, enhance the health of the organisation. You, you almost need to be able to translate an understanding and an approach to every aspect of the people agenda and what does that mean? And, and having a toolkit of offering solutions that you can go to and know which one fits yeah. this culture yeah. rather than rolling out <laughs> programs because I did that and it really worked yeah. in my last company and I love doing it, so I'm going to do it again. Yeah. So thinking outside the box, being a bit disruptive. That's good. No, that'll, that'll do. Let's just um, have a look at the final area that I wanted to, to, to kind of get your views on is when you think about the HR profession in the future, you know, the one or two key trends that you're seeing, you know, you started by talking about the 80s and then the moving into the 90s and the noughties and you know, when you when you look ahead now, what are the kind of one or two trends for HR that um, that you would be driving in your teams? I think the landscape is going to change significantly. I think the the impact of of COVID and and, and other scenarios is is unprecedented in terms of the change that we're going to see, and and HR has a huge part to play in that. HR is sort of the hub of an organisation. It touches all parts, doesn't Mm. it? And it's time for HR to really step up and be that broader influencer in the organisation. And I say that if you look at the changing landscape today, we've seen an unprecedented acceleration in digital and technology. Businesses have had to reinvent themselves. Businesses are going bankrupt or um, having to really rethink about mergers and acquisitions is that is is, is very high as organisations think how they get through this. The ways of working and this uh, view about what the future will be like, it's very different if you talk to a younger millennial, a gig worker, an older person, a younger person, it's it's all gonna be so different going forward. I think then with things like 
a huge scrutiny on diversity and inclusion is, is, is very high up, up there in terms of companies really needing to think about that and this whole zero intolerance. There will be a war for talent because we've seen a whole new eruption of capability that organizations need, whether it's yeah. digital or uh, future thinking, then there's the whole landscape of corporate social responsibility, the environment, travel, globalism, and CEOs will and business leaders will increasingly, because every single bit of that touches the people. HR can be either the person that is driving the agenda, giving their views, shaping um, the conversation around, should we have an office or should we just do remote? Should we have a hybrid and what does that look like? Or they can be on the receiving end of the decision that's been taken by the executive team and they're looking at how do you pay people and, and health and safety at home and, and the implementation. And, and obviously you and I um, hope that it's going to be the former rather than the latter. Absolutely, absolutely. And increasingly, business leaders are recognising some of these areas, they might not have themselves the best skill set or insight and really need HR to work closely with them on how do you reimagine, recreate this new modus operandus for the future well look i think we'll leave it there that has been absolutely fascinating and you. you know i think you and i have um, we've known each other a while and we've always shared an ambition for hr that i think is very similar yes and i think yeah. you know, my god if we're not going to do it now when are we going to do it exactly. <laughs> hopefully this when. is a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity absolutely. seize this opportunity because HR can really step into that, working with organisations to take the profession to the next level. Thanks so much for your time today. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.